0: Everyone, and welcome to Bonus 64. This is a show where sponsored by one of our very generous Patreon supporters where we are going to talk about any damn game they want. And uh, sometimes that wheel of fate spins and we play something really weird, and sometimes it plays uh, something pretty awesome. And I think <laughs> we're falling in the latter category this time. Uh, my name's, uh,
1: and sometimes <laughs> it's
0: both. Uh, I'm Steve Guntley, noted Cryptid Hunter. Hmm.
1: Hello, I am primordial lizard brain Woody Siskowski.
0: Uh, we are oh, very excited today. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, we are joined here by uh, CJ Baker, back again uh, after previously discussing, it was Hellblade, yes, the last time we were, I, we
2: were? It was last time, yeah, we decided Absolutely. to go um, noted horrific necktie enjoyer, CJ Baker. Yeah,
1: that's uh, Apparently that's your thread, is games steeped in existential malaise and angst.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <played>. So, qu- <laughs> qu- My,
1: question one: uh, Are
0: you okay? Yeah. How, how How you doing over there? <laughs> do you know, guys?
2: I, I, had, I had a similar theory as. Uh, so, I went into, I went into this game completely cold. Um, yeah. And and as I'm as I'm wrapping it up, I'm thinking, wow, the guys, the guys might do a safety check on me. This is something. That <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> maybe there's some cards I'm not showing. Uh, yeah.
1: This game, which. To be clear, the game we talked about is, we're talking about now is Disco Elysium. Yes. Which I think is a lighter game than Sinua. Like, as weird mm-hmm. as sort of the themes that it delves in, it kind of has a softer touch. Where, There's... like, Sanua is a lot more visceral and intense mm-hmm. in that replication of anxiety. Just purely like existential dread from moment
0: one and can't even trust the voices in your own head. There's not so much of that. The voices in your head this time around are like, kind of your buddies they're kind, of, <laughs> kind they're of kind of like your your party your rpg party
1: uh, yeah this is this is very yeah, much like way. a, a yeah. franz kafka take on yeah. like existentialist dread you're like well what if you were a cockroach yeah. i don't know it'd be kind of weird but <laughs> yeah. also like a testament to our own absurd existence
0: well so it, it, let's let's, let's get around to that cj i wanted to ask you uh, what made you want to talk about disco elysium
2: so so, disco came out um, at one of those times in the 1970s. We in the 1970s, yep, it was
0: <laughs> it was something
2: that is near and dear to me. But um, disco, Elysium and they finally adapted in, it into uh, a video game after all this time, right? Yeah. I I never quite caught on to DDR, but um, this was this was finally a disco game that was more my pace. Yeah. yeah. Um. So do you know it? It landed in uh, in what October of 2019. When mm-hmm. there were, there were, it was competing for that spotlight with just a couple of small games that came around in the time. Uh, you, you, you might not have even heard of them. There was a small mm-hmm. one. Uh, there was the the Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. really oh, sure. small. Game. No one's, no one's played it. No one, no one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, um, heard of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also landing around the outer worlds, landed at a very similar time. The <laughs> yep. the end of twenty nineteen, you were uh, you were just lousy with amazing video games to play, no matter the platform. So Disco Elysium for me was it was on my radar. I'd heard it was fantastic. Um, knew nothing else about it, and uh, somehow I managed to get all the way into twenty twenty two. Um, mm-hmm. without knowing anything about how even how the game plays um what the game revolves around uh, i picked it up pretty cold on a on an xbox sale and um i just became enraptured with it and i think i think it sounds like you picked it up about the same time steve when the um, yeah is it is it the final cut that came out where it was fully voiced um every character mm-hmm. had this beautiful performance around it Oh yeah, the, that's the original
1: version on. of it did not it's not fully voiced. No, no, uh, yeah, Ooh. and it,
0: some of the voices that they had in the original version were changed out for the final cut as well. well. That makes
1: a big difference. It does, oh. yeah. It
0: makes a huge difference, and they got a big international cast. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of came around to it after. Well, so I, I had downloaded it on Steam when it first came out, but my computer wasn't really powerful enough to uh, You didn't want to play it
1: in a <laughs> one-eighth window screen? <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, I have to squint at the little postage stamp if I wanted it to move properly and not lock up on me. Uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm waiting for a console for right now. And uh, it popped up on Switch. I'm like, this seems like a perfect way to play this. Uh, we'll get to it, mm. but it probably wasn't. Um, but
1: it, it seems like it was it, that was it, that was the game's fault not it yours seems
0: like it was yeah, yeah i think my judgment here was correct um but you know and oh, we'll I'm get into it but, about like that it's it's one of those games that like you find yourself pushing through the flaws because what's there is so rewarding and the flaws Absolutely. in this case were a uh, game that kept crashing on me like mm-hmm. multiple times, and I was losing a lot of saved games and having to replay a lot of things. Uh, so I don't recommend the Switch version
1: unless they patched it since then. Yeah. Um, I want to, before we get into it too much, I want to start, because you were talking about, CJ, how you had no idea what this game was. And I also mm. had no idea what this game was, aside from Neither having heard a lot about it. It's a yeah. weird thing mm-hmm. where you're like, yes, I've heard of that. That's supposed to be really good. I just, I and really love the name. Well, well um, that's yeah. what I wanted mm. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. That to me is just a crazy, nonsensical name. It's a word that I don't know what it means, yeah. which is not disco. I know what disco is. Yes. But yeah. you also don't understand how the word disco. Because you see a screenshot and you're like, okay, so this is a PC adventure game? Yeah. Like, how does Mm -hmm. disco fit into this? Exactly. And did we ever, do we know what the word Elysium means at this
0: point? Uh, Elysium is like, well, I don't know. It's a different context in the game that's going to be revealed later on. I think the idea of it refers to like, uh, like the afterlife, right? Isn't it like heaven for the ancient Greeks or something like that? I might be Ooh, wrong about that, but yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, asking the wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> is that, is oh, that, I mean, that, really, that Matt Damon movie with the uh, with the South African guy.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Neil Blomkamp, where yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Damon mm. has a stupid looking helmet. Oh, is that it? It's a helmet movie. I didn't see that. Yeah, one. I yeah, believe yeah. I believe that was uh, the subtitle was it's, uh, it's, uh, Elysium, the helmet movie. It's in the helmet. Starting canon. Matt Damon. Yeah, there's, there's exactly. Dogma
0: 95, <laughs> then there's Helmet. Yeah, the different styles. Uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of came around to it the same way. I'm like, all right, I, I know this is an RPG. I know it's got some kind of like film noir uh, uh, overtones. I know it's got this cool mm-hmm. title, and I don't know mm-hmm. anything else about it, but I'm kind of in. I, I, like it when, I like it when things have like a nice, concise title that's evocative. It doesn't need to make sense, but like it trips off the tongue in an interesting way, and it makes you want to know more. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Disco mm-hmm. Elysium does. And it's okay. way better than the original title that they came up with. Uh, which I believe was. Uh, let me look it up. It was. Oh, uh, where did my notes go?
2: That's a, you're oh, right. Disco it Elysium was, was... is a better title than Where Did My Notes Go. Where did my
1: notes go? actually, that would be pretty descriptive of what <laughs> happens in the game. <laughs> yeah, Where Did would my also notes completely
0: go? fit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it was called Sacred and Terror. No, they, this, it was called No Truce with the Furies. Which Ooh, I don't know, that's a pretty good name. It's too. not, a ba- it's not a bad, but it, I think it, it, it's I think pretty this Is somehow a better fit, even though it's okay. two nonsense words, it's somehow a better fit. Mm. And
1: this game is like a totally unique thing. Yeah, like the tone mm-hmm. of this game and the style of writing, I it, it seems maybe more literary to me, but it's like literary. Not of like crime fiction, yeah. but literally, you know, literary of like weird mm-hmm. existentialist, <clears throat> like translated from like the early Russian or, or the way
0: <laughs> the way I kind of wrote down in my notes, is, like this is like William Gibson meets Douglas Adams meets Jodorowsky. That's that's the vibe I'm getting out of this like, kind of world.
1: There's like more elements, like there's those genre things, like you're talking about, but there's yeah. more elements of just like philosophy there's a lot just, of just that. grounded yes. in like just political theory like i had so many conversations in this game about like the what political ideology i subscribe to and whether yeah. the rights of the workers needed <laughs> to be supportive or whether like it was the job of the king to protect people from themselves and I'm right like, man this is it's asking this. some so it's like i, I
0: wasn't really intending to I, I thought this was pack no. Uh, no i wasn't yep. really
1: intending yep. to think about this I, stuff today eventually i just here to point and, and click go, an rpg yeah, yep. <laughs> I just need to go uh, rip off some heads in Mortal Kombat to clear clear my brain from just these and, floods and of clear ideas. Clear their brains, apparently.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, clear a lot of brains. Uh, all right, let's learn a little bit about this game, because uh, this has some very interesting people behind the scenes. So Disco Elysium was released October 15th, 2019. It was developed and published by, I'm probably pronouncing this right, but Zaum, Z-A slash U-M. Uh, and this was released on Windows, Mac, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series S, Switch, and Stadia. So Disco Elysium is the first and so far only game from Zaum, which is an Estonian developer that was created by a novelist named Robert Kervitz. So mm. Robert Kurvitz is also in a death metal band called Ultra Melonhool, uh, which is just a funny <laughs> name. to say. I don't know what that translates to. It's but... a day of really good. his names. bandmates... <laughs> yeah, he and his bandmates one night were uh, very drunk and very high and listening to Dutch techno. And they came up with the idea for the world of Elysium that's in this game. And that feels right to me. I feel like drunk, high, Dutch techno. I yeah. think you're there.
1: No, that all fits. That,
0: that's, uh, yeah. Um, they decided to try to develop this idea as a tabletop RPG. And so they had some inroads with <clears> that <throat> local community and they were trying to get that going. And it was through that scene that they met a writer named Cower Kender who uh, collaborated with Robert Kurvitz on a novel set in the world of Elysium. So the novel is called Sacred and Terrible Air. It came out in Estonia, and it sold, uh, according to them, fewer than 1,000 copies. And they mm. invested quite a lot in this, including just a lot of themselves and a lot of their money.
1: It's and so they got pretty be,
0: despondent about it's that.
1: got to be really hard to, like, create a fantasy, like, world oh, and yeah. build out from there that, like, mm. clicks with people. Yeah. Uh, like, the amount of effort that is... Put into developing it is like, okay, I can't just come up with characters. I have to, this is clearly like they have thought of the lore and the worlds that are beyond, like, because this game, the actual environment that you run around in isn't that huge. You're kind no. of just spending most of your no, time in no. this harbor town. Yeah. But it's clear that they've thought about, like, what are the other, like, islands in this archipelago? What are the politics between them? Yeah. And they sort of weave all that stuff into the dialogue, even though. Like it's not you never see it or anything. it's it's
2: no. got kind of that like oh yeah, go it's ahead. woven through in these really, really lovely organic ways, Woody, where the world um the world that you're in, it feels so fully fleshed out and realized the the characters that you come across um, in in what is just a, a fairly small part of this city they they feel like people and characters that have motivations and and lives outside of the time that you spend with them in this story. Which, yeah. uh, which as you say takes an enormous amount of time and effort and um, and even care and love in that world that you're creating to um to craft something so so well.
1: I wonder if the creators well now that this game I think is can be safely considered a success, yeah. um, I wonder mm. if they'll be able to sort of go back and create a Campa- like i bet there would be a pretty decent market for like a tabletop campaign oh, yeah. set of rules for this cuz this mm. is this is the exact kind of catnip for people who are smarter than me and oh. play ta- play tabletop RPGs <laughs> same i
0: mean i i can imagine that this, like, source material novel might resurface and find audience, same way that the Witcher novels That's did. True. You know, oh, yeah. Like, you can buy Witcher novels at Barnes and Noble now, and they used to be just we're, like this very kind of obscure Polish so series. Were
1: most of the Witcher novels mm-hmm. written before the games were created? Yeah, the
0: games were based on the novels. Yeah. So, yeah. Wh-
1: how old are the novels?
0: I, I want to say, like, the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're okay. not even, I don't mm-hmm. think they're that old. I could be wrong about this. CJ, have you read those novels? I haven't done them.
2: No, look, a, a friend of mine is is into The Witcher in a very, very big way, and uh, yeah. got into the books um, about the time the first game came out, which I want to say was two thousand and two ish. Okay, so, yeah. no, so they would have been a relatively big early for me. adopter. Mm. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. much so. Yeah, swords and yeah. swords so, and I mean, sandals and I... horses.
0: That would that would be a cool kind of like follow-up if the book became a hit because the the failure of this book like weighed really heavily on both of these writers to the point that they, they both admitted they kind of fell into a pit of drugs and alcohol for a couple of years and had some really serious struggles. And they were able to kind of help themselves out of it sort of by developing this game. They kind of came up with the mm. idea of like, okay, what if this isn't a tabletop? What if this isn't a novel? What if this is a video game? Well,
1: these guys sound like just cool interesting people like i have no idea like what yeah, they would be like yeah. personally like no I, if i would get a i mean they sound like pretty intense people but to go from hey we're mm-hmm. in a metal band yeah to we're developing an rtg world to let's write a novel to let's make a video game i'm like wow that's, you have so many skill sets that like yeah. i am amazed by
0: that's incredible to me yeah yeah and they, it's they really like, powerful cool, clearly they've got some interesting yeah. stuff in their minds
2: Really powerful,
0: like uh, theater kid and muso kid energy coming from these guys. Totally, hundred percent. So uh, they they were able to attract the attention of some investors for their new video game prospect by pitching it as 70s cop show meets Planescape Torment meets tabletop RPG. That was okay. kind of their idea for it. Uh, the it. game was originally planned with uh, for uh, 2017 with the working title No Truce with the Furies. Uh, and Kurvitz renamed the company Zaum after the word Zaum, which is an – this uh, this is so perfect – an experimental language developed by avant-garde Russian artists in the early 1900s. That's <laughs> the name of a whole new language that only artsy-fartsy people speak, <laughs> and that's pretty perfect to me. I think that's great. Uh, so this game was renamed during development, both because Disco refers to the outdated style of music that the main character likes – And it's also a Latin term meaning I learn. And they kind of Mm -hmm. wanted that to be infused throughout the whole game, especially when they started adding the metaphor of substance abuse, which is kind of a big theme throughout this entire game. Um, They were kind of funneling their own experiences with it into the the game itself. So over the course of production, the developers decided to remove combat entirely, and they opted to focus on a more dialogue and story. I think they were originally planning to do kind of like Traditional Final Fantasy like menu based RPG oh.
1: combat, and then they were talked out of it completely, and now there's just none, which is uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, it makes the game, I mean, it in some ways feels more like those like old LucasArts adventure games in the sense that, mm-hmm. and I don't, there is health and morale. But, like, it's very clear when you're going to run out, and, like, there seems Mm -hmm. plenty of things to, like, refill it. Yeah. So I don't even Mm. know, is it possible to fail in this game? It is. Okay. Yes,
0: I I have died in this game. I've got a game over screen. I did only get that game over screen one time. Did you run out of morale or health? I think I ran out of health, and it was that kind of a pivotal moment late in the game where you need a lot of it. Okay, so that does become more of a thing later. It becomes slightly more of a thing, but yeah, it it is entirely possible, I think, to
1: play this entire game without ever uh, dying or failing. Which I like because it gives... I mean, this game is all about, and I think really translates well from the tabletop RPG, which I think has a similar vibe of just... Mm trying stuff like you
2: feel absolutely
1: very comfortable asking a question that you think might have a bad might make the other person mad at you or have a bad answer because you're like i know that this might lead somewhere interesting and i'm not necessarily worried about taking a little bit of damage or losing some morale because it also you know might help me in some way yeah, you've, you've touched yeah, on
2: something really important there, Woody. Where um, a failure state or a failed role, I should say, is not necessarily a failed state. The, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the game presents you with this world. It presents you with things that are happening in the world. Um, and I think I think one of the things that they've done really well. Oh, look, every game gives you an illusion of choice. Yeah. Um, this game does a fantastic job of presenting that. That very real illusion of choice in very real ways. Um, your answers to a conversation might displease someone, but that doesn't necessarily end the world. It doesn't end the day. These are these are fully formed people that are going through their own story, and you and you're plugged into only a part of that. So those those failed roles within a conversation um, that might lead to the next really interesting point for um, for the player really salient point, like the, the failed roles are not necessarily a game failed state within this uh, within uh, disco Elysium. That can you know failing a role or, um, or displeasing someone that can lead you to some really interesting places in the game. Um, because you know again, you you aren't necessarily um, the protagonist driving world events. Um, you are there and you are taking part in it. It um it almost uh, in a similar way. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Knives Out or if you're familiar. You must be familiar with some of the other great, you know, your Clusos or your um or your uh, well, or your murder she wrote your Perros, your Perros, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, your Miss just Marples. Fletchers. yeah. The, oh, oh, we're we're going to go down a long hole now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your Encyclopedia Browns. Yeah what have I done um, so you know the characters in those stories they're not um, they're not the You know. they're not propelling people to commit these crimes they're not propelling actions to happen in the world they're observing and trying to solve that mystery um, and this game does a great job of, of enabling you to do that same thing the world is carrying on around you um, you are a you are a participant in it but um you really don't steer direction of the world it's it's just your job to solve a murder mystery. Um, J- yeah. I don't even think we've we've covered off the basic plot of what what Disco Elysium? Is. <laughs> no, yeah, but
1: yeah. We're, we're we're still a little in the back the backstory of the creation. here. No, I mean
0: we're kind of there, really. It's like they, they, you know, things kind of came together for them. Uh, they got mm. some really great artists involved, like mostly from like local Estonian artist communities mm. that they knew, and then they brought in the band British Sea Power to do the whole soundtrack. Uh, and fun note about that. Uh, a couple of tracks from the final cut that they recorded for uh, for the new re-release are currently on the sales charts in uh, the UK. Ooh, so they're, wow. doing, they're doing quite well. They're doing cool quite well with this uh, album. So, um, yeah, so that's really cool. Like this this game has been a slow burn. They decided to self-publish after initially like striking a deal with Humble Bundle, uh, but then they decided to self-publish and uh, it was released on Steam. And it's kind of been like a slow word of mouth kind of thing because. Mm. Uh, early adopters of it saw it and loved it, but it's. I think it's the same thing with all three of us. It's taken a lot of all of us a long time to kind of get there because, at the core, it's like it's hard to explain sort of what this game is. Well, and in a, in a also it also doesn't necessarily
1: sound that fun. Like, well, no, you, yeah. it, it's like trying to sell someone on like a Godard film or something. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, Le Lefou <laughs> is like a great movie. Right, it's about like this this guy and this young girl like experiencing angst as they drive along the countryside and you're like yeah maybe no i'll me. get to that sometime yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like that that's Wait, pro- it,
0: probably good that's exactly but... right it feels homeworky. It <laughs> yeah is.
1: it feels like something that yeah. uh, you okay well i guess if i take games seriously i and gotta this, get to this at some point this genre also of like this computer style rpg Mm. At least to me, often has the problem of feeling homeworky. Yeah, like to yeah. me that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feels like a homeworky genre because I'm usually not all in in terms of like your Baldur's Gate and your yeah. Stormwind Dale fantasies. Mm. Totally, totally. Um, like, and so it's I, a, it's a combination of that. I'm like, this sounds cool, but I'm not really sure I would enjoy it. And I think this game actually does a really good job of sucking you in right from the start it and does. being mm. pretty likable and funny. And like the mechanics are not, there's like a lot of them mm. and like almost to the point of seeming like a joke, like the level of specificity <laughs> in your like skills that you can level up. Right. You're like, okay. Do I want to level up my electrochemistry or my savoir faire? Right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, but like, again, it feels to me so unpunishing Uh Like you're Mm -hmm. not like Mm -hmm. I I have and maybe it changes as you go farther, but I've never got the impression that I am playing it wrong or that I am not maximizing my mechanics. No, like that's a struggle I have with like a lot of RPGs. I'm like, I don't know what build I want to go for. Like, do I want to like do magic or tank? And so like I have to wait until I get some like sweet item to give me direction. And yeah. here you're like, I don't know. I have to do a savoir-faire check um, to progress in the story, so I'll just up that stat for yeah. right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's Well, they they were kind of inspired by the Fallout games, particularly mm-hmm. the early ones, because in mm. all of those games you have you have kind of like an A story that you can play through pretty quickly if you just want to focus and get through the game. But mm-hmm. then the real meat of it is in all these unrelated side quests and all these other little ways to experience the world. So in this case, the main story thrust is that you wake up as a disheveled, middle-aged detective. You've been on a fresh bender. You don't have any memory of your name or uh, where you are or, hey, what happened to your badge or to your gun? Uh, Because it turns out you are a cop and you are in town to investigate a uh, really brutal crowd lynching uh, of a security official uh, and so you meet a partner, a guy named Kim Kitsurugi, who is a very uh, bookish, kind of by-the-book kind of uh, uh, straight-A detective. And mm-hmm. he follows you around for the rest of the game as you interview suspects. You can try and uh, solve the murder and figure out who you are and where you are and why you're in this place. So, like, having this uh, kind of uh, fog of alcohol sort of uh, uh, thing over the real. game is a good way of bringing <laughs> you into the world, too, because... He's experiencing the world as, like, a newborn almost, uh, and it's just mm. because he's been drinking so heavily for so long.
1: This protagonist really works for me. I don't yeah. remember what his yeah. actual name is. You may but not have
0: gotten to it yet. I it took. I think, I think. don't think I, I got my real name until it was, like, three days I in. I think
1: I have learned my real name, but I don't okay. remember what it is. But um, mm-hmm. I think one thing this game does very well, and, like, Planescape Torment is another one of my favorite games, and so maybe, like just this amnesia works very well but i feel okay being an asshole as this character like yeah. most games <laughs> that give you a choice of how to proceed in dialogue yeah you- I have a really hard time going, like, the rude yeah. or evil route mm-hmm. because you're like, no, that's not what my character is. It's like, the KOTOR
0: problem. Too. Yeah, yeah I'm supposed to be a boring. hero.
1: I'm supposed to be saving the galaxy, and I'm not going to, like, someone's like, hey, will you go rescue my cat for me? I'm not going to be like, no, get bent. I'm going st- <laughs> to, you know, get your, steal your money right now. Right. Like, but in this game, this guy has a history of, like, Being an asshole and going on benders, like one of the early events is you call um, someone who had placed the initial call to the police and she talks to you about all these horrible things that you did the night before while you were on the bender Mm -hmm. and how she just wants to stay away from you. Yeah. And so when I... Act shitty to people in this game. It's in character. It's in character. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Fee- and like a lot of the people act shitty to you. Like yeah. there's this horrible kid who's just throwing rocks Fucking at the body this whole time. Kuno.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to do an entire podcast <laughs> just about Kuno. This miserable oh, little redheaded shit who, uh, like, never really gets better. Uh, he, he's no. a big part of the whole game uh, and he never really gets more tolerable. But, like, man, the the number of slurs and just horrible shit coming out of his mouth and how aggressively unhelpful he is is uh, something to behold.
1: But you do feel like your character has kind of brought this upon himself. Like, at one point, I tried to punch Kuno and proceeded to fall on my ass and get an an achievement for being a terrible cop, which I was... Being a child puncher. Yeah.
2: Which again, and, and like I um, what I think I failed to oh, yeah. beat him as well, and that sets your relationship with Kuno for the rest of for the rest of the story. It's um,
0: yeah,
2: it's not that oh, I didn't I didn't punch a child in the face, therefore I can't complete this quest. Um, it's well, I I made an aggressive move and I failed, and now this child sees me as um, as someone they don't need to fear. Um, yeah, it, everyone has really interesting and well thought out responses to um as you're saying woody your entirely um realistic shitty behavior as uh (laughs) as this drunken ruined whirlwind of chaos
0: i mean and they're i don't know i think they do a really great job like yeah i think it's it's perfectly well said that like your character is never meant to be like this sexy cool protagonist you are he oh, is no. so slovenly that you have you lose like uh, uh, empathy points if you look at yourself in the mirror yeah. <laughs> because he's so ugly and so like uh, kind of disheveled. <laughs> you know he is he's not like the cool guy. So you can inject a little bit of edge I, I into his the character. I thought the initial premise
1: to this game was that you were waking up from being like dead, oh. like same as Planescape oh. torment. Yeah, yeah your yeah, character yeah. does look like a zombie.
0: I, like, like, that must be a reference. yeah, yeah I think that's got to be a reference to that. And, I mean, there are just Agreed. so many, like, really memorable supporting characters. Just kind of, you get to know every mm. single person, like, in this world, pretty much. Uh, which is probably a good couple of dozen cast of characters. I mm. I,
1: I mean, Kim, who is your, you know, assistant officer. He's yeah. the real MVP. I really like. Yeah. Because he is, I mean, tremendously helpful in the sense you do a debrief with him. He tells you what you've done before and what you still need to do. Mm-hmm. He's... He comes off as very non-judgmental, and he kind Mm -hmm. of lets you act like an idiot, but silently is just like thinking about what you're doing. Like sometimes mm
0: -hmm. they really have to like bend themselves into some pretzels to try and to try and keep him from saying your
1: name before Mm. the time comes. You know, like, (laughs) and they also. He does have, like, there is times where he has, like, a very dry, cutting sense of humor. Yeah. Where he really kind of (laughs) explores how much of a doofus you're being. Oh, yeah. But he comes off as very likable and uh, supportive of your just general buffoonery.
0: Yeah. I mean, there there are just so many great, like, little people occupying the world. And most of them don't really have anything to do with the murder you're investigating. Mm. But you get to help them on their little quest. There's a tent full of kids who want to start a rave. There's, like uh the, you know the the really corrupt union leader who's like too fat for his desk and like mm-hmm, all this uh, mm-hmm. just really cool uh character models and character designs and and like i said with this new final cut that they released in 2021 they are now all fully voiced and what um, a what a joy i think it's really of your lucky head is, uh the lead singer of some estonian death metal band sure. which is uh yeah. also perfectly right yeah. yeah i i think it's so really lucky
2: to let, have come in at the um with the final, with the final cut, with all this voice work, um, I don't think there's a there's a bad performance in it. I was, I was honestly just no. enthralled with the readings, with the performances um, of um, of what felt like a a very cleverly interactive audio book almost as it mm-hmm. as it carried on. Um, but yeah, look, Woody, and, and- t- to touch as well, I think you you brought up something really important there about Kim. and how supportive he is of you, even if not your actions. Um, One Mm. of, one of Kim's um, main competencies, apart from being a very, very good um, police officer is that he brings empathy to almost every situation that you encounter with, whether that's um, uh, our protagonist um, falling into a, a whirlwind of chaos himself, or if it's someone else in crisis, um, so while the, the game is touching on these um, fairly um, fairly bleak themes at times, there's always this really good... It, it never feels like you're just swimming in despair. You always have yeah. these, these people around you that are on your kind of squad, I suppose, that that you really feel want you to succeed. They're not there to, to trip you up or hamper your investigation in any way.
0: Yeah, and that that is really crucial. Like he's not he's not going to stop you from doing what you want, but it is nice to have kind of a voice of conscience kind of uh, around, you know. So you're not punching too many kunos. You know, <laughs> you know, he really deserves
1: it. Another thing that I think this game does well is um, they really give you a lot of different tasks, sort of at yeah. any individual time that are all very clearly and helpfully tracked in your journal. But some of them. Uh, like they lead in interesting ways because it's no it doesn't just drive you of like you know that your first goal is figure out like who's where how this murder happened and who's responsible mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as you proceed there's a lot of weird random quests that you like at one point you get like mm-hmm. this strong urge to sing karaoke yeah and oh, so you yeah. have to find a sad song <laughs> to learn how to sing and i don't know if like what this is going to lead to, like a lot of the quests yeah. in this game are just a way to get experience points uh-huh. to level up your various uh, stats so you are more successful in each role. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just leads you down weird, interesting directions.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I guess we should explain a little bit about how this game plays. Like it is very, very much like a tabletop RPG. Like it is kind of just the visual experience of like a, a DD and d game because every, all actions are determined through dialogue boxes and through skill checks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's even, you know, it gives you a probability of the success of your checks based against your stats and And they also like that. show
1: you if it's a red <laughs> check or a white check. And if yeah. something is a red check, it means you have one chance to do it. Yes. And if you mm-hmm. fail, that option will be locked. Exactly. And again, like CJ mm-hmm. said, just because you fail doesn't mean many more options won't come up, but you can't try that check again. Whereas a white check... You know, at some point you have to jump from a rooftop. Yeah. And like, I I, I need to do that to proceed in the story, but I keep getting bad rolls and failing it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can go back and do more quests to level up, raise my savoir faire, and then hopefully have a better chance to do this because I know that the white check has been unlocked for me to try again.
0: I really need, like, this is something I fell out of habit of doing in games entirely, but I really needed to use the quick save a lot uh, to go back and, like, reload, Mm. like, failed checks and things like that, because uh, it'll take a long time, and sometimes it's frustrating if you miss a check and then like proceed too much without doing a quick save, then you need to wait until the next in-game day. Mm. And yeah. these in-game days are really, really long. For a second, Super I long. thought like,
1: that this like game was in real time, I but then I'm so like, too. no, I haven't been playing this for twelve hours, <laughs> but it kind of feels like it. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's I don't know what what would you say like an in-game day is like maybe four, or five real hours, something like six hours. In- maybe four. That yeah. sounds about
1: right. And, and they about they move right.
0: yeah. like the, it isn't like a consistent. Uh, you know, sometimes time will kind of stand still for longer. Sometimes mm. it'll move faster. So it's it's not super consistent. I don't think it's trying to be realistic in any way. But no. they, okay. this can go on for a good long chunk. And I think the whole game oh, yeah. takes place over the course of one week. Okay. Um, yeah. So. I
2: I think the I think the game caps out at nine or ten days. It'll it'll allow you to to okay. carry on for um but no there is a there is a ticking clock as you say in in the form of these of these days because um you know we've mentioned a few times the world is moving around you you are not propelling the universe um so you know you you've you've got a you've got a limited time frame to solve this murder and uh or do your very best to solve the
0: murder um and it's worth the, noting that this city that he's in is uh, it's called Revishol and the mm. big conflict in this city right now is between the dock workers union who is striking and the executives at this place called Wild Pines who owns the docks. And so you've got to kind of navigate a lot of conflicts there and see if that ties into your murder investigation at all or if it's just kind of something that's happening. So that's kind yeah. of the central tension. And then things like you say, the world is going on without you. So things will escalate whether you're interacting with mm. them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and that's that's kind of where you can feel the passage of time.
2: Hmm.
1: Were you now, gonna say something, CJ? Yeah. I
2: um I was just gonna speak to the um the the something that I, I advised a friend of mine who went to to pick this up as well. Um I'm traditionally a a, a save scummer. I will um I want to min max, I always want to make those saving rolls if I can. And um mm. I I kind of had to break that habit for myself with this game. Um I I kind of forced myself not to quick save, not to not to go back and try those roles, um, and I think that was made a little easier by having my uh, my wife was playing through a slightly different save at the same time, and we we managed mm. to line things up that we were both kind of playing through the same scenes on the same day, so to then see just how how broad you uh, and how many different paths you could go down. And just how cleverly they would still lead you back towards the the main crux of your purpose for being there, which was, well, hey, hey, detective, you're actually here to solve a murder. Um, it's it's great yeah. that you want it's great that you want to play board games with the little girl from the bookstore, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> there's there's still a dead man hanging from a tree.
1: Yeah. So at the beginning of this game, you, like most RPGs, um, have the ability to sort of stat your character. <clears throat> yeah. But like, I was playing Elden Ring. And there's a ton of different classes in that game. But they all, like, they don't differ that much. And it's like, what are your, like, initial stats? Do you have two more points in strength versus two less points in magic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at at some point in the game, you could essentially make every character the same. Here, the differences are so stark that you Mm -hmm. almost want to play through this game, like, with each different character. Because you were talking about... You chose at the beginning, the you can choose, like, the guy who's based on, you know, focuses intellect, the guy whose focus is sort of charisma and charm, mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. guy who's just beefy. Yeah. And, and can, like, do, you know, punch people. Yeah. And you chose the intellect guy, and I chose the sort of charismatic guy. Uh-huh. Because, um, obviously, that's very on brand. Uh, oh. it's, it's true for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I was like, did your necktie start talking to you? Because that's the <laughs> yes. first thing that happens when your character is like, because that's what they say in the description. They're like, you are charismatic and convince people of things. You also may be insane. Yeah. So the first thing is you mm-hmm. pull the necktie off of this ceiling fan and it just starts talking to you. And you're like, no, that didn't happen to me at all. No,
0: no, it really didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, and, that, and it's interesting because, yeah, you re- it really does alter the experience in a way that you need to kind of start over to, to unlock because it, it locks mm. your stats in some areas in a very low way and mm-hmm. you know the stats we should mention are almost like characters in and of themselves like there are four different kind of mm. main areas that you focus on and each area mm. has six different like thoughts that are going on at the same time and they're just dictating every level of your character and some of them like or make sense, like empathy or, or rationale, mm-hmm. things like that. But then there's other things that you need to explain, like savoir-faire yeah. or, or inland empire. Inland empire. I didn't uh, know what that was, you know? Like, yeah. And then
1: there's one that's like a spiritual, like, I don't even remember, like... Oh, island esprit de corps? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. allows you mm-hmm. to see events and di- dialogue that is going on when you're not present. Like, yeah. you'll call the police precinct and they'll be making fun of you. And then you hang oh, up yeah. the phone. Uh-huh. And then that their conversation continues if you have a high enough stat. That's in, crazy.
0: In whatever, yeah, that's uh, a great saying and too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. My, my esprit de corps is very low. The well, cops well, did the, not like me. That's
1: the other <laughs> yeah. weird thing is I imagine if you play, you've probably gotten story elements mm-hmm. based on like your encyclopedic knowledge right. that I haven't mm-hmm. seen. Whereas, you know, I've gotten ones that you haven't seen and like, I don't know how it would be if you just play like a big burly guy because, like mm-hmm. you said, there's no combat in this game. Yeah. But like, how would that change the story? Like, and I mean,
0: there's there's literally there's always a chance that you're gonna succeed on a roll, and there's always a chance you're gonna fail. Mm-hmm. On. There's no zero, yeah. and there's yeah, no hundred. Yeah, because you can
1: crit hit. You can roll those double you sixes.
0: Can. Yeah, and like I've I've lost rolls that had a 97 percent probability of passing, and yep. I've won ones with a three percent probability of fa- of winning. So like you you never totally know like no. you might be able to spam it a little bit but yeah it is going to largely affect the way that you proceed through the game and and, and the it's, it's the really rng
2: cool. in this game always feels really fair you know mm-hmm. i i don't think i ever lost a roll that really had me just wanting to go and kick rocks um <laughs> no. but but when you when you make a marginal roll or you even make a really long shot roll oh man it just it feels so good they've they've tuned yeah. the rng in this in this game just so so perfectly that it um it it's that perfect uh, balance between reward and chance and risk um yeah it's fantastic, and it's just
0: it's it's cool the way that the stats become like I said they become kind of characters in and of themselves they'll pop mm. up in your dialogue trees and they'll be like commenting on different elements of the story and different elements of what you're hearing from this other pe- person in ways that like reflect that stat you know like mm-hmm. in their very single minded focus but they're they're not necessarily going to affect the story every time they do that sometimes right. they're just kind of the Greek chorus but it's it's an interesting mm. way to make them all very distinct. And yeah.
1: like I, I want to respond to what CJ was saying there too. Yeah. Like the, I think part of the reason that the skill checks feel fair is they explain why they're at the levels that they are. Yeah. They're Like mm. okay, mm-hmm. you have a two in this stat, so you get plus two to your roll. But you also are carrying wire cutters to cut the wire. Or there was another clever instance where I was in the store, and there was an opportunity to steal rain, like steal <laughs> a raincoat. Yeah. But then I talked to the store owner and I'm like hey what about these raincoats and then when I checked for the option to steal them again the probability had gone down because now her attention was on the raincoats since yeah. I had brought them up yeah which I thought mm-hmm. was really clever and that happens throughout
0: the game like you'll see like little yeah little reflections on there like you get plus 2 because you did such and such you get minus 2 because you did such and such the game's very good at balancing you know you can find clothing items and different things that you can hold mm-hmm. that will impact your uh stats as well but everything that adds takes away from somewhere else so you're never like fully maxing yourself out Mm. and then they've got this really interesting mechanic called the thought cabinet which took me a little bit to understand but basically it's just like it's kind of just like bonus perks really uh and they happen Mm. very organically like you they happen just from following certain dialogue threads in certain ways and then an idea gets stuck in your head you can choose to focus on it and that will like bump your stats in one direction or another
1: so there's a specific moment here i mean it's right on the first day where you're yeah. trying to get down this mm. hanged body and you can't do it without vomiting mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. and kim tells you to get your shit together and so <laughs> like what then happens is you get a thought in your head about how you need to get your shit together at some point you need to pull down this body from the tree. Yeah. You keep throwing up. Kim tells you to get your shit together. And the thought mm. that gets established in your head is a volumetric mm. shit compressor. <laughs> so then you just kind of walk around and do <laughs> other stuff.
0: Yeah, it'll take like six hours of it in-game Yeah, day. some yeah, amount of hours.
1: Yeah. And then at some point you have a breakthrough in your thoughts. And it gives you, then when I went back, it mm-hmm. was like, plus six to this role because your shit is compressed. Yeah. And, like, that to me was very yep. true of the sense of humor of this game. Like, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like Rick and Morty with, like, not not nearly as crude, but, like, yeah. it, it, like that actually, like, was kind of mature about the way it looked about things, but it's that the, same kind of, like, combination of, like, yep, yep. real existential think piece and like just bizarre goofiness,
0: and it's playing around too. Like there's a lot of like with like
2: stripes you know, of irreverence in yeah, that goofiness. Yeah, yeah, they're well. messing
0: around yeah. with like grammar and syntax and and things like that in in ways like David Foster Wallace or uh, Mark Danieluski would do. You know, so well, like
1: which is another thing. Like that leads me to what's hmm. not a criticism of this game, but something that I did butt my head up against. I had a lot of trouble playing this game for much more than, like, at most two hours at a time. Like, because at some point, Mm -hmm. the amount of dialogue and text becomes overwhelming, and, like, my brain would just shut down. Because any sort of option in conversation you have with someone or something you randomly find on the ground could lead to a new mission, could lead to some interesting piece of dialogue, and sometimes it's just kind of nothing. Yeah. But there are situations where it's nothing, and the game takes two paragraphs to explain, like, the piece of lint that you find, like, on the corner of someone's shirt. Right. And, like, they're very beautiful, well-written paragraphs about Incredibly. this lint. But... And I'm like, wow, they really put a lot of effort in here. But at some point, I'm like, all right, brain is ready to be done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: After a while, I was like, okay, I'm just reading all yeah. these dialogue options just to make sure they're all checked off and I'm not missing anything. But I wasn't necessarily absorbing right, everything I was reading. You, yeah.
1: I, I would say my, I would encourage you to play this game if what we're talking about sounds at all interesting. Yeah. But my biggest piece of advice is, mm. if you find yourself slipping into just skipping dialogue to move forward, stop playing. Take a break. Yeah. Because the point of this game is to live in those moments yeah. and those yeah, weird dialogues. It's not. This game very much is about the journey. Yeah. And it's like I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm. With the murder mm-hmm. mystery, I don't actually honestly even really care that much.
0: It's it's I, weirdly kind of like superfluous, yeah. Right, yeah. I
1: just kind of want to walk around with this dude and get into weird conversations with people. Yeah. And see if Kim and I can be friends. And I mean, Funny. you yep.
0: do find some... yeah, Just <laughs> exactly. like real police work. Really? I mean, you, there, you do find some moments for all the snark and the intellectualism and everything like that. You do find some moments of like genuine... Uh, emotional connection and beauty, especially as you go later on into the game. Like, there are some really surprising moments that are very cool. Absolutely. And uh, it's it's just awesome to Absolutely. see. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always refer back, for whatever reason, I remember an old EGM uh, uh, review of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney that always stuck with me. They said, this game requires two things, <laughs> literacy and patience. And that sums this one up as well. This, they, Like we said, this one did become kind of my substitute book as I was going to bed for a while, because really, like, the action on here isn't much more yeah. complex than turning the page of a book, and and it is a whole lot of reading and a
1: lot of, like, kind of mm-hmm. looking at art. Uh, yeah, this game has a whole, like, the art style of this game, it's not a very technically impressive game, um, no. but, like, it, it's very sort of, like, Past mm. like everything's very pastelly, right? Like it looks like, like watercolor, yeah, paint. yeah,
0: yeah, like da- painterly in some way, yeah, yeah, yeah. that very painterly. Yeah, I, I think hey, it does fans.
1: a good job of um, giving it sort of a distinct visual identity because the world itself, as like well fleshed mm. out it is, is with the characters, it's kind of bland looking,
0: yeah, it's supposed to look kind of industrial and sort of like, uh, you know, it's clearly this is clearly the far future, but it's washed. also. You know, uh, uh, sort of got a post-industrial kind of grunge to it, which is really very cool. You know, most of the buildings around your area you're exploring are yeah. pretty run down or abandoned. You know, there's this great seg- segment in this old kind of run down shopping complex that's like, you know, a few people are just kind of like scrounging around mm. in there. You know, uh, it, so it definitely feels destitute and you feel like you're seeing kind of the uh, the scrappier portion of this world which is very cool like and and you you get immersed into it but yeah. but yeah it, it it's it takes some patience and it can get frustrating cuz sometimes like i said if you miss a, a check or something for some and as the game goes on and you work your way through all of these side quests there's less and less to do which means you need to kill more and more time in between like just to pass the time and get around to try your checks so again so is there yeah. a
1: way to just kill time in this game like
0: reading books reading oh, books okay. would yeah Reading there books and reading, reading case books. files will advance uh, mm. time
1: like a couple hours at a time. Okay, so that's I found that to be very helpful if you need to mm-hmm. g- kind of get things. because mm-hmm. well, at some point, like there's a guy who will only be in his apartment after a certain hour of night. Right. So you're like, okay, I have to wait until that time yeah. goes by to go talk. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, there are benches all around, but.
2: You just kind of got to linger by his front door
0: reading your case file yeah, until yeah, yeah, exactly. Back. That's actually yeah. what I did. I think yeah, just kind of like waiting. <clears it down.
1: throat> Kim won't let you sit on a bench. Well, he's That's hanging the thing. out. With yeah, you.
0: there are these benches, but you can't sit there if Kim's with you. And it's like he's <laughs> with you most of the time. Like he only leaves you at
1: like eleven o'clock at night, and mm. then you only have two hours after that before you have to go to sleep. What happens in this game? So you, you're in a hotel yeah. and you have to pay him, you know, money every day to yeah. stay yeah. in the yep. hotel. Did you guys ever? Were you unable yep. to pay him? Like, what happens?
0: Well, there's a uh, uh, there's a there's a perk, yeah, and it's so weird that it, this is coming up. And it, it works at it. Yeah, it's so weird that this phrase came up in two games in a row that we talked about. But there's a thought perk uh, that you can think of called Hobo Cop. Okay.
1: Uh, where, <laughs> Just to be clear, the previous game this came up with was Clay Fighter. Yes. Yeah. So. Very
0: classy either way. And if you <laughs> yeah. if you unlock that thought, then you can live on the streets. Uh, and you won't lose any health for that. But people do like it does kind of lower your charisma and people will not take you as seriously. OK. But like as far as I'd see, did you ever fail to pay yeah. the, the innkeeper or, or uh, find accommodations? <laughs> mm-
2: no, look, I mean you you hit um so you you went the hobocop route, I assume. My um I didn't my go wife that route. Also yeah. chose the it it wasn't by choice. Um, <laughs> Nobody chooses oh, okay, the hobo cop cool. life. The, hobocop, <laughs> life <chooses you>. the <laughs> hobocop life chooses you. The Hobocop Life
1: chooses
2: you. Um yeah, no, look, it's it's it, i guess much like a failed role, um, these pieces of adversity that come up are there as part of the story and will advance the story. Um not not paying your hotel bill is a problem, but um, something this game does really really well um, as opposed to say um, the King's Quest or police quest games you know back mm. back in the day you it, it won't let you um, cul-de-sac your progress it it won't stop you from moving the story forward. You might not be able to move forward everything you want but the, the story will, will continue. So these things like um, having, a, having a bill that you somehow have to find a way to pay, um, you know, the, the game provides those mechanisms for you, um, when you when you get into Strife because it's in its interest to keep yeah. telling you the story. You know, a, um, much like a book, a book doesn't want yeah, you to put yeah. it down and stop reading. This thing wants you to keep reading and, and engaging with it. But um, Steve, you you said the magic word Hobocop. a moment ago. Um, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's I, I no, said magic, <laughs> not safe word. Um, so so frustrating. I um I was playing this mm-hmm. on the Series X, um so it looked gorgeous, um, beautiful, four K painterly realized world. Um, but that art style, I think, would also scale really well to... Um, I had a look at the Switch uh, as well to see a bit of a comparison between the two. And it's the kind of art style that um, would serve you know, serves hardware yeah. of, of all kinds of specs. Um, I'm amazed that this isn't out on iPad. This would be an amazing totally. iOS yeah. iPad game. Um, but holy cow, the load times. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, now you, you spoke to some of the frustrations you had. I'd, I'd love to hear what the actual playing experience on the Switch yeah. as a platform was like. Cause if I could, if I could take Disco Elysium with me in my pocket, um, what a, what a great way I would think. Yeah. And that, that's,
0: that's what seemed like kind of the best route to go for me too. And, and it did kind of enable that, like, you know, playing in bed before going to bed sort of thing. But, um, it's. There were some serious performance issues with the Final Cut version that I downloaded on the Switch. Like, the game crashed many times. Like I said, I lost progress. The load times were severe. These were, like, two, three-minute load times sometimes. And And, they uh, can be
1: occasionally... I mean, that's always annoying, but, like, it can be very frustrating if you're, like... I get to go into this apartment building and talk to someone and there's a load time to get there and you're like, Okay, I talked to him, now I'm gonna leave. Yeah. And then there's the mm-hmm. load time again. It's so much yeah, yeah. it's
0: every time you go in and out. Weirdly, the fast travel is incredibly fast. Like there's no load time for fast do travel. You
1: unlock fast travel?
0: You do okay. once once you get a little further and yeah. unlock a little bit more there's only mm-hmm. three points that you can fast travel between, but like it it is very quick when that happens. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, the the load times were pretty serious. And you really and appreciate it at that point in the too. game
2: when it gives you fast travel.
0: Yeah, yeah, really? I, I struggled with a lot of different issues ah, on the Switch version, so, rough. like, that was the only thing kind of hampering my enjoyment of it, and it is one of those games that you sort of push through, because the story mm. is so compelling, and, like, you know, there's also a sunk cost kind of thing, where it's like, I've put mm. in so much time in this thing, I want to keep it going. This is a this is a meaty game, this is a <laughs> oh, 40, 50, 60 hour game, depending Jeez. on how much uh, yep. you want to play through it, and, and how many threads you want to follow through on. Wow. You could probably knock the whole thing out in 20 if you're efficient, but... Um, is, I, it, but
1: again, this is not a game about being efficient. No, if it's about drinking it if your goal is to like yeah. go and play the story and get mm-hmm. out, this is probably not the right game.
0: No, this isn't like a quick hit kind of thing. It's uh, it's an investment, and it's it, it is, I mean, we keep saying it, but it is like a good book that you just want to keep, kind of keep reading. And uh, to that effect, I think it's really cool. So mm-hmm. you know, it. I think that. Automatically puts it in the not for everybody category, I guess, you know, because not everybody wants that from their video. But games, I would also you know? say I'm not, not calling people illiterate or anything. I like think that. it's just,
1: for yeah. more people than you might think. Yeah, because, yeah. Don't, don't want to yuck anyone's Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I've had a lot of trouble sometimes with these sort of more cerebral, um, like I always talk about, I just want games where you run and punch things or shoot things. Yeah. But like, I think a big difference here is this mm. game, you really exposes that most games are not that well written. No. Like, most video games are not written in a way that keeps you engaged and makes all the characters feel lived in. Like, most RPGs that you play, like, they're just, like, Mm -hmm. everyone is pretty straightforward, and that's part of the reason here why I feel okay, you know, being an asshole because, like, I know that something interesting will still come out of it, and Mm -hmm. I feel... Because so many other RPGs, I just fall into the trap of like, all right, let's move this story along. Why are you explaining this to me? I already know this. But here, every piece of dialogue really feels like it has care put into it that just I'm okay with somebody explaining things to me that I may already know because it fits their character and it helps me overall. Mm. And I mean,
0: it's interesting, too, that like, if you think of most video games or even like most fantasy novels... Every character is kind of just talking about the world that they're in, and that's not the case here. Like, people have a lot more on their minds than just their immediate surroundings. Every character is talking about
1: how the main character relates Mm. to them. They're, like, only talking about, like, something that would be of interest to the main character or is directly impacting this mystery you're trying to solve. And here you're like... Yeah. No, they're talking about what else is going on in their life, and it's exactly, interesting. Yeah, you
0: don't have like just the clockwork like this thing needs to lead to this thing needs to lead to this thing. You'll you'll have some idle conversations with people that go nowhere, mm. don't impact your quest in any way. It's just interesting character details that you get about these people, but and their, actually, in and their relationships. Yeah, but they're actually good. They're See, good. That, that's no, they what are, I'm no.
1: saying it's, is it's, like yeah. if you had told me that they, they
2: feel they feel meaningful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, of like I'm gonna go like have. Like you, you're
2: not you're not necessarily. Um, I was just going to say, I'm, I, so I'm playing through. Um, so Cyberpunk finally came out of early access. <laughs> oh, cool! Um, ha, 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 Wait, ha. really? It took... um, Oh, and, oh, God. Uh, oh, The okay. world building—that was a bit. I get it. I know no, how big no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I get jokes. Yeah. Um, and the world building there, I, 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 lo- I love that game, um, but not for any of its world building competency. Um, the 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 way you engage with the world around you, or the way you learn more about characters, is through um, reading pieces of paper that are dropped, or reading shards or notes, and it it's so unfulfilling and meaningless and empty. Yeah, <laughs> it's just wait, you want me to you want me to spend hours reading about this world that I'm already mechanically engaging with. Um, whereas here in Disco Elysium, where you can just have a meaningful conversation with a trucker about what's going on in their life because well, that's, that's pertinent to the investigation that you've got on and man, they sure seem sad. Does that have anything to do with what's going on in town right now? And the way it's, it's written and presented um, is just, you're dead right, Woody. It makes you realize um, I think the, the shortcomings in other um,
0: characters and how they're written and how that world building happens in, in other games. And, and we're gonna see how well it translates because kind of uh, perfectly time for this episode. Just this week, Amazon announced that they have bought the rights to Disco Elysium to be a uh, Amazon original series. So, mm. uh, which is an interesting new.
2: Oh no! Yeah, shit. yeah, it's
0: happening. Probably next year. It's an interesting new trend. Sir. of like, people are they're they're kind of giving up on the idea of video game movies. Except you know the number one movie in America right now is a video game movie. Sure. So it's not totally given up on it, but. Uh, the there we're working yeah. we're working video games into prestige television because like The Witcher is like such a huge thing we've got that Halo series about to come out this year uh, Amazon also bought the rights to the last of Oh or not John Yeah. Uh, um, no, fuck, what was the one? Oh, no, no. no I'm what's, like, what's but The, the Last of Us is going to be a show as well. Okay. Yeah, The Last of Us is coming out this way. Well. Yeah, so there's there are a lot of mm, video mm. game franchises being positioned as, like, prestige TV. And, and I think this is going to be one of them. that
1: actually works out pretty well yeah because really what yeah, you wow. want, and probably a lot of the reason that video game movies tend to not be super interesting, and maybe one of the better video game movies is Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Because what you want is you don't necessarily care about the story no you just want to spend time in this world in like what what would this world that i see only like from this isometric painted view what would it look like if like Mm. i was Mm -hmm. there were real humans in this world and like everything was built to scale yeah and so like that's what Mm -hmm. you want so you get that a lot more from a tv series than like all right, we have to fit in all the major Street Fighter characters mm. in a, in ninety minutes. Go! Yeah, totally, Life. totally, exactly. Yeah,
0: this is—it's <laughs> a really cool way to approach. Life is Strange is the other game that they bought. Mm. I, I just realized. Sorry, I forgot the title, but Life is Strange is also going to be uh, oh, a TV wow. show. Oh wow! there you go. But like, yeah, it's.
2: I um, I had no idea that it was being adapted.
0: Yeah, they they just announced this week, so it's kind of perfect. Oh, that timed. they had the and rights. And that kind of tells you sort of where this game has gotten. Like it's sto- slowly starting to become this word of mouth hit, and. Uh, uh, I think this is just going to kind of help things yeah. out even further. So it's, it's a cool story, and it's cool that they, they're, they're finding this mainstream appeal with this very kind of far-out idea.
1: It would be interesting if they could take their kind of weird vibe and aesthetic and somehow put it into a different style of game. Like, clearly yeah. this is you know, what they're interested in in table-stop stuff, but I would be very curious, like, what would this vibe look like in an action game? Well, think like, of the
0: think of the jump from The Witcher One to Witcher Three, you know, oh. and like imagine doing that with this game. I don't know if it would yeah. fit because uh, our guy here mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the most um, physical of, yeah. of people. But uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I there's wouldn't call him an action hero. Yeah. Well, I don't even necessarily
1: there, mean this character. It doesn't even again. be this I just exactly. mean The writer's this kind of style and world. Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's just such a weird mm. tone and yeah. willingness to get into things that other games don't get mm. into. Absolutely
0: yeah it's just really really cool um well I think
2: and without without knowing that it was being optioned I I took a couple of notes here that um the the title of my note is dreamcast the series or movie um and uh yeah yeah I um I I actually had had a a short a short list of people and now I feel I might be able to will it (laughs) into the world who's your who's your main guy um because I who's who's my main guy our protagonist I um I want to see Danny McBride. Oh I um, interesting. I don't know if you if you guys have seen any of the um you know I think I think somewhere between his kind of eastbound and down and um maybe uh maybe righteous gemstones mm. kind of unhingedness um I think could probably could probably work really well. Not really sure who you could balance that against. Who who like a really great Kim Kitson? Yeah, cuz you could, need someone who can kind of take the
0: wind out of him even you well, oh, Steven Yeun could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'd be a nice balance because he's Ooh, also very funny yeah. in like a subdued way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be a good call. Mm. I mean, mm. yeah, this, I mean, he's mm. maybe, this maybe he's a little bit um, of the league of I, the show, perhaps. At but, this point, maybe, yeah. you know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit. But hey,
2: look, Um, I, I mean, 50 Cent is doing some TV now. I would love to see 50 Cent as a measure
0: head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, or he could be Kuno, you know, I think just, just play the entire thing with shoes on his knees, you know, Why not? He's, he's 50 cent as
1: Dorf oh, as Kuno. We've, we've got a,
2: this could be a nutty. Yeah, this this could be a nutty professor type deal. 50 f- the, the cast of Disco Elysium, 50 cent is that. 50 cent is. You know, I love that. I, I could get on board for that. Dr. Yeah, Dre yeah. is or clausier. at least a five minute funny or die yeah. short.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot you could do. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what they come up with. I'm excited to see who they get as a showrunner and who they cast as this. My dream casting is always to put Michael Shannon in any role that requires mm-hmm. him to be disheveled and grouchy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he'd be a good fit for this. But, oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. But, yeah, uh,
2: definitely. Um, but I, I want, I'm, I'm on board for more stories in this definitely. world. Definitely. You know, you've, you've put all of this hard work into creating and developing, uh, Revishol and the areas around it. Show me, show me more, show me more of that, of, you know, what the, uh, what that city looks like and what
0: stories you can tell me. Yeah, and it seems pretty certain that there's going to be more. Nothing's been announced for sure, but like the fan base is building to such a degree that like people are. On a, I'm I'm part of a uh, a Facebook group called uh, a Disco Elysium Kuno posting where people are just coming up with a bunch <laughs> of like
1: Kuno is a little shit exactly why? exactly
0: <laughs> and they they come up with just like some the most incredibly specific memes you could ever imagine. Like these are not memes I could share with people because it's like no one else is playing this
1: game. I'm just like, and even right. somebody uh-huh. who had played the game might not get, the might memes. not get it, might yeah. not get it at all. But like, uh, there was
0: a really good Simpsons
1: one I have to find for you. But yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, so like, there's like this very, there's a community of people that are really clicking with this game and this world and this, this, uh, this vision. So I, I think we're definitely gonna see more. Nothing been announced i And clicking yet, in a big way. We'll, we'll definitely see it. Well, awesome. Uh, I think that is everything that we have here. CJ, uh, thank you so much for picking this game and for coming on and joining us today. It's been a delight to talk to you, as always. Um, and uh, did you have any other final thoughts or anything uh, you'd like to plug or share?
2: Uh, look, again, thank you for having me. It's a joy to come on and uh, and take part. Okay. Um i i would i think i would recommend most people check this game out you know um woody nailed it on the head if if, yeah. if you're not the kind of person to to sort of curl up with a book and and get stuck into it maybe this isn't the game for you and that's okay but if you're a if you're a reader yeah. if uh, if that if that strikes any kind of fancy with you um I think this is well deserved of its of its nine out of tens and its ten out of tens, all of the all of the praise that people much smarter than me have heaped on this game. Well well worth it. Um even even despite, you know, load times and some some general technical hitches um that, that almost threaten to get in the way of a really, really, really good time.
0: Yeah, but hey, when you consider it's from a first time game developer, you know, you can you can let some of those slide. Well, thank you again so much. It is a hell of a yeah.
2: launch project. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much once again for being here. Uh, you can find Disco Elysium on pretty much every platform if you want to check it out. Uh, and we will see you all next time with an episode to be determined. Because <laughs> I can't remember my schedule off the top of my head. So I'm That's so glad fine. I'm You'll hear in. us
1: again. We promise. Probably. Going
0: to talk more. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not, I'm going to stop talking. My my inland empire is telling me to shut <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, exactly.
1: My primordial lizard brain. Ah, I gotta go. I need a drink. <laughs>